Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Wednesday, December 27th. And I'm Jim Chapman. What do you, Mike, have the rest of this holiday season off? So first, I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I hope you had a great time with family and friends. So I am in the booth releasing some special episodes to get you through the remainder of 2023 with Real Life Real Crime Daily. Get that true crime Fix. Now, 2023 has been quite a year for serial killers, and from UC Davis to Brian Koberger to the Long Island serial killer, there was no shortage of news. In this best of serial killers from 2023, we revisit several of them, including this report. On March 8th of this year, we told you about the harrowing story of Kara Robinson. In 2002, Kara survived the attack of a serial killer, leading to his eventual suicide. Here are the full details of this amazing story of survival from March 8th of 2023. Okay, so a serial killer by the name of Richard Ivanitz abducted 15-year-old Kara Robinson in 2002, forced her into his vehicle, and restrained her inside his South Carolina home. The abduction actually became the biggest mistake of his criminal career when when Robinson escaped and eventually sent police down his path. The 39-year-old killed himself following a police chase in Florida that same year. So, uh, Kara Robinson basically goes on to say, my body just automatically kicked into survival. He put a gun to the side of my neck, and that basically looked like all my interior dialogue stopped. It just became survival to me. So my survival mechanism was a little bit freeze, a little bit fight, but mostly the appease response, which is known as fawn for, the, for those of you out there. Um, which is kind of to co-regulate this person's nervous systems. In other words, Robinson followed Ivance's orders in order to survive. I essentially realized that I had to remain calm to gather information that would allow him to trust me, become complacent, and eventually allow myself to be able to escape. And that, y'all, that's a real thing. Uh, when you're in a life or death situation, we've talked about the four F's many times fight, freeze, fawn, or flight. flight. And she obviously chose the fawn aspect of that, which was very smart because she eventually uh, escaped. Now, Ivanitz, who is originally from Virginia, murdered Sophia Silva, Kristen Lisk, and Katie Lisk from 1996 and 1997 in Spotsville County, uh, prior to Robinson's capture and escape, this guy lived in states all over the country over the course of like six years, 
including South Carolina, where he abducted Robinson as she was helping a friend tend to flowers in her front yard. He basically pulled up to the front yard and forced her into his car at gunpoint. Avonitz locked Robinson in his home, and he repeatedly sexually assaulted her, according to the FBI. The 15-year-old went along with pretty much everything he wanted to do, and that was her fawn stage where she was in an effort to survive and felt like going along with him would allow her to do that. Now, as time elapsed, Robinson also memorized details about her captor's apartment. Very, very smart young lady here. Uh, there were little animals she remembered. Uh, she even remembered how many and what kind of animals they were. She knew the layout. She could describe being inside the apartment. Obviously, whenever uh, she was sleeping in his kitchen, she got close to a refrigerator and found his dentist and doctor's information on magnets. Mm. So she memorized them. Super smart. Super smart. She even memorized. She didn't need this point. No, she's going to live. She's just doing it in case she lived. That's freaking awesome, ain't it? And at 15 years old, she even memorized the serial number that was on the inside of the container in Ivana's vehicle. How about that? I can't. There's no way I can memorize my VIN number right now. But uh, she also recalled seeing long red hair of a woman in a hairbrush inside his apartment and feminine hygiene products, as well as two toothpaste, indicating there was probably more than one person living there. How smart is this girl, y'all? During the night when he was sleeping, she was able to escape the restraints he was keeping her in and flee his apartment. She contacted the law enforcement, told him everything that she had memorized about Ivonitz and his apartment, which ultimately helped them track down the serial killer. Uh, Ivonitz had an explosive temper, was fascinated with guns, and both used and sold marijuana, according to the FBI. He would conduct surveillance of his victims prior to abducting them, all of who were under the age of 18, and had a preoccupation with drowning victims, being forced to wash and or shave pubic hair, binding of victim hands and feet, use of sex toys and pornography, both adult and child, use of plastic tub and metal containers to dispose of the victims. He would wrap them in blankets, bound them with rope, and uh, even they've had victims being found near bodies of water, the FBI said, that were victims of his. So this guy was as gross and disgusting as you can possibly get. Now, Robinson joined law enforcement after developing a close relationship with a sheriff who had handled her case and is now an advocate for other victims of crime. As a married mother of two sons, she continues to help victims of crime and host her own podcast, Survivor's Guide to True Crime. In one episode, she discussed the appease response that helped her survive 20 years ago with expert guests who explained the survival method that came naturally, the fawn method in her case. Uh, and just amazing that, that it did. Robinson said the best piece of advice she can give victims or potential victims of crime is to respond in a way that makes you feel confident and strong. Talk to yourself in a positive manner. Like, I'm strong. I can get through something because I'm lucky. I'm grateful. Good things are going to happen to me. She, Robinson had a list of other options on her website to help victims of crime. So, y'all, if that's not a, 
a so positive. Truly. Talk about putting a positive on an ultimate negative truly, situation. Truly how uh, how many victims did that guy have? Uh, three three confirmed that he was convicted of. I'm sure you know as Woody would tell you. Tell you there's more. probably many more they'll never know. Uh, but three in 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 one particular case, it was sisters. Yeah. Well, keeping along the theme of uplifting, amazing, amazing, amazing young lady. Yeah. To to, to have the wherewithal to memorize shit that the cases that I've worked, I'm, I'm just sitting here, blown away by, by the facts that she did that. Um, to, to to memorize the dentist and Doctor Magnus and shit. Notice someone has red hair that, because of she, the brush. Reminds me of the. The James Patterson, Alex Cross books, the uh, Along Come a Spider. Kiss the Girls was the movie where Ashley Judd played the girl who was, uh, you know, she was abducted and he had a bunch of women and she escaped from these underground tunnels and and was able to help them solve the whole thing. Great old movie. Great old book, too. Kiss kiss the Girl. All all his older stuff was great. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. Hey, y'all, my wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause, hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. 
So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. UC Davis was terrorized by a serial killer earlier this year. By the time Carlos Dominguez was arrested, two people were tragically killed and another critically injured, all in separate incidents. Here's the report of his capture, which aired May 8th. UC Davis has arrested a serial killer. Davis police announced the arrest of a former 21-year-old UC Davis student as the suspect in three stabbings that left two men dead and a woman critically injured. Davis Police Chief Darren Pytel said Carlos Dominguez, who was a student at UC Davis until last week and previously lived in Oakland, California, was arrested Thursday afternoon on two homicide counts, and one attempted homicide charge. The district attorney will be reviewing reports in the coming days to determine charges. He added that detectives are still investigating a motive for the attacks and that Dominguez was aware authorities were searching for him. Now, the arrest comes after a series of knife attacks that began April 27th in UC Davis with the stabbing of 50-year-old David Henry Bro, who later was found dead in the city's Central Park. Two nights later, on April 29th, UC Davis senior Kareem Abu Nim, 20, was stabbed to death at Sycamore Park. That week of attacks terrified residents of a normally peaceful community and students at nearby UC Davis where security patrols were stepped up and the night classes were being held remotely as police sought a suspect. UC Davis said night classes will likely resume on Monday. Now, how did police arrest the suspect? Well, he was detained Wednesday at about 5 p.m., a block from Sycamore Park, the site of the second homicide, which occurred last Saturday after 15 separate callers phoned police to report seeing a man who matched the description of the suspect. His description included long, dark, curly hair, wearing black Adidas pants with a white stripe. Pytel said one caller followed Dominguez from Sycamore Park until police arrived and stopped him about a block from the park. Dominguez went with the police voluntarily, Pytel said, and police later found a large knife in his backpack. Pytel said police did not know whether Dominguez may have been planning another attack when he was detained. What I can say is that he was out wandering a neighborhood where the second homicide had occurred, Pytel said. He had a large knife and a backpack wearing the same clothes from the third stabbing. That's highly unusual and unique. 
Now, UC Davis did confirm that Dominguez was a student until April 25th when he separated for academic reasons. The first stabbing happened two days later. The university said Dominguez was majoring in biological sciences and was in his third year at the school. A listing for Carlos Dominguez in the UC Davis directory shows a sophomore student majoring in biological sciences. Davis police have said they were hoping to use DNA evidence to pinpoint a suspect and were using the resources of the FBI, the State Justice Department, and the Sacramento County District Attorney Crime Lab to analyze evidence from the scenes. Pytel also said that some of the victims have fought back and that Dominguez does have some injuries on his arms and hands. Now, Pytel also said the police were not aware of any previous criminal history for Dominguez. He said during questioning that Dominguez was reserved and he spoke for a long time, but he would not divulge details of whether Dominguez confessed or expressed remorse. Initially, police were hesitant to link all three attacks, saying more investigation was needed. But Bytel did say Thursday that was no longer the case. At this point, we believe that all three are connected. Detectives were still evaluating whether Dominguez may have known Nim, the second victim, from classes or interactions on campus where both were students. So good news there, as it appears that a serial killer has been taken off of the streets at UC Davis in California. On July 19th of this year, Mike reported on some breaking news close to home for him. Gilgo Beach was a place for fun in the sun in Long Island, New York. But mysterious killings in and around the area over many years pointed to something much more sinister. This all came to light when the Long Beach serial killer Rex Huerman was arrested in four of the killings. Here is Mike's report from July 19th. This is a, a story. We're going to talk about the Long Island serial killer. And it's a story that for 13 plus years has uh, really enamored the, the country, especially people uh, in that region and on Long Island. And uh, really, this took place, guys, uh, has taken place over the years in the backyard of where uh, I grew up. I uh, uh, was at Gilgo Beach often. My uh Aunt and uncle lived at Oak Beach, which are two central locations within the story. And so it's all uh, uh, very, very real uh, for me. The conventional wisdom of this story is that it all began with the disappearance of a prostitute by the name of uh, Shannon Gilbert. And for years... And this is for years where tons of stuff has been written, uh, uh, movies, docuseries, specials, everything came at uh, the Long Island uh, serial killer story from the perspective of the Shannon Gilbert incident. And what we're finding out in, uh, in the news here with this arrest over the past few days is that the, uh, the connectivity between the suspected killer and uh, Shannon Gilbert is uh, tentative at uh, at best. And so what I want to try and do is in two parts, give you 
sort of the the Shannon Gilbert and the conventional wisdom story right up to the point where uh, a suspect is captured and then come back in a second part and, uh, and so give you. How many, how many victims do you think there are or how many victims have been identified minus Miss Gilbert? Ten. That that's. Linked to him, though. No, 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 not linked to him. That's right. and that's the that's key in the part area of with the same mo. Well, not necessarily the same mo. Okay, the the four what are known as the uh, the Gilgo four were identical mo were in a uh, a very confined area, equidistant from each other, all wrapped in burlap. The mo is identical. All were prostitutes. All were doing business through uh, Craigslist or something similar. And so the connectivity between those four is undeniable. Right. Uh, the evidence right now put the police in a position where they've charged him with three of those murders. All right. So you're about to lay it out for us now. That's the second part. We'll get to the second part. The Shannon Gilbert story is the story that if people have been following this case, it's the it's the story y'all heard up until uh, this week when uh, this guy Huerman was uh, was arrested. So let's go back to May 1st of 2010. And an escort by the name of Shannon Gilbert ran from a home on Oak Beach, Long Island. Oak Beach is a tiny little beach. This is not a, a big town. This is, uh, at that time, probably 50 homes or less. They are... Uh, their beach houses, summer houses, their retirement uh, homes, some people's permanent home, but uh, uh, but this is not a a big area. This is not a heavily populated area. Ironically, it is a guy that was one year behind me in high school by the name of Joe Brewer, who arranged for this meetup with Shannon Gilbert so you at, this guy. at his house. At uh, so he was had, had a prostitute at his house. Yes, he was newly divorced. He uh, was getting into a lot of trouble, apparently. And uh, has and, he ever hooked you up when you were newly divorced? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just, I don't, I don't have anything to thank for anything like that or blame. Uh, and I guess as some of those things go, this hookup wasn't uh, set up until two o'clock in the morning. So she arrived. She's from New Jersey. She came a long way. She came several hours out with a uh, a driver who acted as her bodyguard slash driver, and they go all the way out to Oak Beach, Long Island, very foreign territory for them to see this guy, Joe Brewer. And uh, and Brewer uh, has her in the in his house with him for several hours. And, you know, the stories over time are uh, are all different. But uh, she starts freaking out and uh, and screaming that someone is trying to kill her. She, this is on a 911 call. Yes. All right. This is Shannon. Well, she does it out loud as well as doing it on this 911 call. Right. The problem with her 911 call is she has no idea where she is. And right, so right. she's but telling she them she's at Jones Beach, but right. she's she's and actually a long way from Do you know there. what happened to the pimp or the driver? I know what he says happened. Right, right. Okay. So, uh, so the way that this goes is she starts acting all crazy, talking about uh, that somebody's trying to to kill her. Brewer says, I got to get this chick out of here. She's nuts. Again, when you say she says that, this is on a 911 call. Yes. So she calls 911 and then says all this. She not only calls 911, right. 
she is yelling it as she ends up running through Oak Beach and hits several people by banging on their front door and having them come to the door. And it's on the 911 call. Yes. A 31 minute 911 call that that she makes as she's, as she's running around. But so, uh, so Brewer, his story is she goes nuts. I don't know what drugs she's on. She starts talking about people killing her. Uh, uh, I didn't even have sex with her. I never even paid her. I just went and yelled to this guy, Michael Pack, who was her driver, um, to get her the heck out of here. And by the time we tried to do that, she ran off. She ran off. She hits on uh, uh, this guy Coletti's uh, uh, door, a retiree, and he calls 911 himself, which was key because that's the only way that they finally figure out where this is happening because mm-hmm. her 911 call is not helpful in terms of location. So, uh, but she continues running because Pack is driving the SUV through Oak Beach looking for her, trying to, trying to find her and get her back in the, in the car with him. His story is that he continues to do that for, he says, until the sun comes up, which is, uh, you know, about an hour or, or less. Um, and then he just finally says, I don't know where the hell she went. Maybe somebody else picked her up and he drives all the way back home. He never even sees police that day uh, or talks to anybody. Probably right? had a warrant. Um, uh, and police don't really question him, Brewer, uh, the guy Coletti or anybody else, uh, for, uh, for quite a while after this. Um, and one of the big problems with the case is that, uh, people believe that the Suffolk County uh, police are not taking it very seriously because it's a missing person and it's a missing prostitute right. and she's not even from the area. They don't really care all that much, right? And so the uh, the, the Shannon Gilbert story is really the, the taking off point for all of these others. And when uh, they begin finally in earnest – searching for uh, Gilbert, which is largely because of the aggressiveness of her mother and her family in wanting answers as to where uh, their daughter is, uh, you know, they begin searching first in a very confined area immediately around Oak Beach, but the next beach uh, uh, west toward New York City from Oak Beach is Gilgo Beach, uh, which is a big surfer spot there. There's not that many spots where you get a good break um, and so Gilgo is tons of surfers lined up there every morning. I posted a picture of my brother-in-law. He surfs there four or five days a week. It's, it is the surf spot. They are searching Gilgo area months later and, uh, a cadaver dog mm-hmm. signals that, uh, that he's onto something. And in two days they discover four bodies, none of which are Gilbert's. In that area, those bodies uh, belong to uh, they're all prostitutes and they became known as the Gilgo Four. Um, and uh, uh, it's Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Melissa uh, Bartholomew. And uh, there's a really interesting story with Melissa Bartholomew and this guy they've arrested, Megan Waterman and Amber Lynn Costello. Uh, three of those four. Uh, are uh, uh, are the women that Huerman's been charged with uh, with murdering? But so he must that that's, must have been part of the DNA they tied him with, right? Yes. Right. So the uh, but the assumption 
after finding those four and then over a series of uh, months, another six, Mm -hmm. which included uh, half the remains of uh, two people when the other half have been found in other locations, not uh, necessarily near there, one on the mainland in Manorville, another one on Fire Island years earlier, like 96. So all of this stuff predates Shannon Gilbert, but but they're assuming, and in fact, they announce that this is all connected. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. At, uh, that they believe all 11 of uh, these murders because they eventually find uh, Shannon Gilbert's uh, uh, body months after that, that they're all connected and they believe there's one serial killer, which is what you know set up everything around this story that people have been glued to for uh, for years now. And it's why every uh, one of these productions done on it starts with the uh, the Shannon Gilbert story, because for most of that time period, people thought the Gilbert incident was connected to those. And when we come back and talk about this sort of as the investigation really heats up in the last two years and they identify this guy and then they arrest him, what the actual connectivity is. Right. And I know we're going to come back and talk about that, but tell the listeners if you would, because there's going to be some from Louisiana or wherever Texas that don't know the story. Tell you have the information on his arrest and what he's been charged with. Oh yeah, but we're gonna we'll do that in the. It's a lot. There's a lot there. Yeah, but I mean just murder. Yeah, right. <laughs> murder. murder. Yes, of and, three and, of three of the four, three of the these were cold cases, and they tied him through his DNA. I think they from, they tied him to. so. so Phone records. I mean, it's it's extensively phone, and then secondarily DNA. I get it, but the DNA, of course, is going to be a huge part. DNA, uh, DNA, DNA is a huge doesn't part. lie. Right? We look forward to the second part of that, right, Mike, yeah, for sure. I, I, Four years before the news of the Long Beach serial killer surfaced there was a killer terrorizing the Atlantic City area. He became known as the Eastbound Strangler. In this report from July 28th, Mike tells you the details in comparison to his Long Beach counterpart. Well, speaking of uh, of psychos, we've already conjectured around uh, the table here over the last few episodes that there's no way in our minds that Rex Huerman committed these three or four uh, select murders in uh, be a lot on Long Island a lot and, uh, and never murdered anywhere else. And lo and behold, a uh, story emerges about a serial killer that was labeled the Eastbound Strangler really? in uh, the uh, Atlantic City area uh, in the early 2000s. So 
the arrest of suspected Long Island serial killer Rex Huerman has prompted investigators across the country to reexamine similar cold case murders, right? So people are yeah, looking yeah. for uh, they, they do that anytime somebody gets busted in a case like this. Including nearby, well, I wouldn't say nearby, it's a good three hours away, oceanfront enclave where four sex workers were found lined up dead in a sewage ditch back in 2006. So this would be... Four years prior to the Gilgo Beach stuff um, and in a very similar kind of setup with a very similar M.O. dealing with sex workers. Two women walking in a marsh behind a row of motels just west of Atlantic City stumbled across a gruesome site back in November of 2006. They found the remains of Kim Raffo, who was 35, so a little older than his normal demographic. And police arrived to discover three more women in the same pit. Tracy Ann Roberts, age 23, Molly Ditz, age 19, and Barbara Bredore, again, a little outside of his demo, age 42. Like Hewerman's suspected prey, the victims of New Jersey's eastbound strangler were all uh, sex workers. They were all posed in the same direction, placed face down in filthy water and barefoot, Farther behind the hotel is the Atlantic City Expressway. The AC Expressway, uh, having been on both of these roads, is very similar to Ocean Parkway, the, the road in Long Island that, uh, that we're talking about. So it would be a really similar setting for, uh, for him to have done that. A dancer from a club called Stiletto, which is a, a strip club on the boardwalk in Atlantic Sounds City. Sounds like fun to me. Yeah. Said I she, thought it was a church. Said, <laughs> said she believes kind of she believes she may have seen Hewerman three separate times, twice before the pandemic and one more time in 2021. All three times, she said, he paid for a private room but declined a lap dance. He just wanted me to sit and talk with him and then would keep trying to persuade me to meet him outside of the club. I never went. I've met people outside the club before, so I'm not a total stranger to it, but this guy did not make me feel comfortable enough to do that. She said she believes he left her alone after the third visit because she'd gained some weight following the birth of her second child, which is an interesting observation. You'll recall that despite his, quote, ogre, like size of 6'6", 275, Hewerman's suspected victims had all been really petite, with three of them under five feet tall and around 100 pounds. All four of these bodies uh, in Atlantic City fit the petite part of the description. So while she said she didn't uh, or she couldn't be fully sure that the man was Hewerman, she described him as a large New Yorker with a similar face, Although he stopped going to the club, Hewerman's distinctive features rattled the Atlantic City dancer one more time, she said. I do know I did see him on Tinder, too. When uh, the Suffolk County prosecutors released the photos uh, he used on Tinder, my jaw nearly dropped, she said. So the dancer said she'd been afraid for years due to the unsolved slayings in uh, Gilgo as well as Atlantic City and noted her club is close to the road leading out of the town um, to the uh, the former Golden Key uh, Motel. So, again, even she observed that the setting there was very similar to the one on Long Island. A parking attendant next door said he recognized Hewerman as an infrequent visitor to the club. 
So did the clerks at several stores along the boardwalk. Huerman's wife and adult children have a connection to Atlantic City, which makes it uh, logical from that standpoint. Huerman is reported to be a heavy drinker, uh, but bartenders in the, av- in, in the area said they weren't sure if they recognized him from the TV coverage or from in person. Um, but you know, some of them said they recognized him. Atlantic City uh, also has a lot in common with one of Huerman's other preferred destinations, Las Vegas, meaning all the gambling. So at this point, it's things that make you go hmm. But I mean, it's yeah, it's I, a very I said similar. It in the beginning, he's got he's got way more bodies on it than them. So um, pretty. Maybe he got comfortable, started dumping them closer or whatever. Uh, in the beginning, he spread out. Yeah, he, he he's got more than three bodies on him. Well, we'll see what uh, what kind of evidence they are able to get together from here in uh, Atlantic City. And I'm predicting that they're going to pull some some DNA uh, from way back when on one of these girls, and it's going to ladies. It's going to match up to this idiot. Police in Oregon had issues between February and May of this year with mysterious homicides. In July, four of these deaths were linked by DNA to one person. In these two reports, from July 20th and July 21st of this year, I cover the search for a suspect. In the very next day, I was happy to report the killer captured. Here's the reports from July 20th and 21st of this year. They've linked four dead women in Portland, Oregon, to the same killer. And let me tell you about this, because this, this is an issue because more than a month after the Portland police spoke out against online speculation that a serial killer was existing... Uh, now they have discovered a link. Investigators are saying that four recent deaths in the Portland, Oregon area are linked. Christy Smith, Charity Perry, Bridget Webster, and Ashley Real were all found dead this year between February and May in different locations throughout Oregon. The district attorney's office announced Monday they have collected information from various law enforcement offices in Oregon to determine the homicides are now linked to a person of interest. Mm. The office declined to elaborate on more details, as is common, but said several people were interviewed in relation to all four murders. Based on the available information to investigators, there is not believed to be any active danger to the community as of this time. That, means they that got, statement released by the DA's office. That means they got the deed under surveillance. The body of Kristen Smith, who was reported missing on December 22nd of 2022, was found on February 29th. Charity Lynn Perry was found in a culvert on April 24th. The sheriff's office said they located the body of Bridget Webster, 31, six days after that. The body of Ashley Real, she was 22, who was reported missing on April 4th, was found by police in a wooded area. The Oregon State Medical Examiner's Office is still working to determine how all four victims were killed. So obviously there was a lot of, uh, you know, time that had passed. And yeah, that and they're going do any pendant toxicology and whatever. You know, and this all, is in a, a, autopsies this is, are really a process of elimination. 
Mm-hmm. If you can't, especially if you can't find a bullet or a smashed skull or a bullet hole or you got decomposed bodies, yeah. like on Courtney Coco's case. That a- asphyxiation, that, that's for it. example. The, that's the, the, but a lot of times the uh, neck bone is not broken, so they'll end up saying probable asphyxiation or something like that. Well, and this is also in the Pacific Northwest in the middle right. of the woods. And, I mean, right. you got wild animals that right. have probably disturbed those bodies. Uh, so in June, the uh, police released a statement condemning online speculation that the four deaths and two other cases where a corpse was found were connected. Mm-hmm. However, that all changed yesterday. And it appears that Portland, Oregon, indeed has a serial killer on their hands that has killed a minimum of four people that they've been able to connect. You can times that far. times at least four. I bet it good for 16 bodies. Yeah. They are now going back and trying to find, you know, looking at everybody they've found body, not everybody, everybody they've found and that. X amount of years to see if they can tie them together. Crazy. Hope they get them. Yeah. Right? Sierra yeah. killers, boy, they're everywhere. Yeah. Like Especially in that area of the country, which I right. used to think was a, a big, con, you know, con, the fact that the weather there is so mm. just blah, all the time and drab, I think that affects moods. And I used to, if you notice, a lot of serial killers come from that area of the country. Well, suicide rates, Seattle, Portland used to be much higher than the national average. Well, I don't know where they are now. Yeah. You know, just when you're, you don't see the sun for months and months at a time, it can yeah. get depressing. Right. Mm. All right. First, we got an update for y'all on the Portland Oregon serial killer. Oregon police have identified Jesse Lee Calhoun of Portland as a person of interest in the recent deaths of four area women that police say are linked. On Monday, a group of nine Washington police agencies announced they had identified a person of interest in the deaths of Kristen Smith, Charity Lynn Perry, Bridget Webster, and Ashley Real. And just yesterday, they named Calhoun as that person. Calhoun, whose last address was in Portland, is currently in custody at the Snake River Correctional Institution in Ontario, Oregon, on unrelated charges. In 2019, he was charged with three counts of unauthorized use of a vehicle, one count of assaulting a public safety officer, and one count of first-degree burglary. When a SWAT team arrived that year to arrest Calhoun on outstanding warrants, he choked out a police dog and kicked an officer. Originally set to be released in 2022, Calhoun's sentence was conditionally commuted by then-Governor Kate Brown. He was part of a group of 41 Oregon inmates, giving reduced sentences following their service in prison fire crews battling wildfires in 2020. Calhoun's release was revoked earlier this month by the governor. The 38-year-old was arrested in 2018 with meth, guns, and numerous rounds of ammo in an incident that prompted the sheriff's office to label Calhoun as a prolific thief and career criminal. I think you can add serial killer to that list. Now, at least three of the women found dead were known to frequent the same area of downtown Portland in the months before their deaths. So fortunately, it looks like Oregon has caught their serial killer. I would suspect that they've linked some DNA here, although they don't specifically say that. Uh, 
I would almost bet my bottom dollar that DNA has been uh, so good news coming out of Oregon. We hope you enjoyed this look back at just a few of the serial killer cases we covered in 2023. Tomorrow, we are going to continue our best of series with our most watched episode from our Crimes of the Century series we brought to you at the start of 2023. So look for that. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. For Woody Everton and Mike Agavino, we are Real Life Real Crime Daily. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.